Welcome back to another episode of Dracul. This is a story of a young woman who came into contact with a mysterious man named Dracul. As her story begins with her first encounter with Dracul, his story unravels as their relationship grows. Previously on Dracul, Catherine moved in with Dracul and was in awe of how large and well-decorated Dracul's castle was. Their relationship begins to grow as Dracul becomes more fond of Catherine, so he decides to buy her a gown as well as invite her to another ball. As they begin to close in the space between themselves and the coach, Sartram is not at all far from them as he watches Dracul and Catherine about to share their first kiss. Closer now, Dracul can feel the heat emanating from Catherine's reddened face. Catherine can smell Dracul's delicately scented cologne rising from his suit. This is the moment she had been waiting for. This was the moment Dracul had been longing for. And this was the moment that I have been waiting to write, listeners. You have no idea how much I long to write for this very moment. Dracul then finally closed his eyes, and right when he felt their noses brush against each other, he smelled another being was nearby. Quickly, his eyes opened and his eyes darted at the window behind Catherine's head. It was Sartram. He was smiling to himself. They made eye contact as Dracul drew himself away from Catherine. Sartram winked and blew a flirtatious kiss at Dracul, mocking him before he disappeared. <laughs> he was gone, for now. Feeling the sudden empty space in front of her, Catherine opened her eyes to find that Dracul was sitting upright, with an unreadable expression on his face. It was one she hadn't seen before. Embarrassed, she had sat up and apologized to Dracul. You needn't apologize, dear Catherine. You have done nothing wrong. I'm just... It's nothing for you to worry about. Wow. Thanks a lot, Sartram. Ugh. <clears throat> There was an awkward tension in the air as they didn't speak a word to each other during the rest of the ride there. Catherine found comfort in looking outside her window, and at some point Dracul felt Catherine's hand slip out of his grasp, and he turned to look at her, but she was already looking away from him. He had opened his mouth to say something when the coach's driver announced that they had arrived. So Dracul got off and went to the other side to get Catherine down, only to discover she had gotten herself down and was waiting on him. Dracul turned to Catherine, and she took his arm with hers without a word. She wouldn't look up at him, which bothered him strangely. And the reason, my friends, that I say that it's strange for him to feel anything when it comes to Catherine is because she's a human, and he's, you know, a vampire. So, that's like his prey. Well, no, humans are his prey, and he's one of their top predators. So he really shouldn't feel anything but hunger, because... You know, vampires in general are made for that, and that only. They entered with fake faces on top of faking some happiness and faking that nothing happened just minutes prior to entering the ball. Anyone, though, with a nose as keen as mine could smell the fakery from a mile away. But all these people are pretty faked to, like, a big extent, so they're completely oblivious to it since it's the norm. 
Catherine looked up to see Dracul making small talk with people she didn't know personally, but had seen in many other balls they had gone together. She felt a twinge of jealousy within her, for she wanted him to talk with her also, and not only to them. Two could play at this game, she thought, and with that she ventured off, letting go of Dracul. Seeing two familiar faces in the crowd, she walked towards them with a jaunty smile on her face, one that was more genuine than her fake one. The women saw, and the second woman waved her over with her fan in excitement. They wanted the tea. Ooh, you, Catherine, come this way. Woman number two could hardly contain her eagerness, as woman number one abruptly grabbed the fan. And hurry too. Catherine quickened her pace and reached the two women. You can really tell the personalities and thought processes behind these two women just by the way they speak. Example being woman one who speaks like this. That Dracul is a well-dressed man. I wonder if he's just as well-dressed behind the doors. Uh, thinks a lot about... You get the idea. The, uh, <clears throat> the sin? She's the leader of the two, however. And woman number two, not woman, I don't know what that is, speaks like this. Catherine, what a marvelous young woman you are. Where's your makeup gone? Showing that, you know, she means well, but she also cares a lot about appearances, just like everybody else. And she's also quite aloof. Upon reaching them, the three caught up in what was going on in their own individual lives. And of course, you know, I'm saying this because they each have their own lives going on and whatnot. Like, you know, it's not like some authoress isn't like writing them a backstory or anything. <laughs> Catherine finally found out the names of these two women after five chapters of knowing them since she found it a bit peculiar that they both learned her name and yet never bothered telling her their own. Woman number one's name is Romaine Lousty and woman number two's name is Lydie Alwoof. Very fitting names, if I say so myself. They were quite taken aback when Catherine had told them she had moved in with Dracul after 11 months of knowing him. Lady Alwoof spoke up first. You what? You moved in with Dracul? I'm surprised you did so at 11 months of knowing the man. Catherine was flustered and a bit embarrassed. I know, I know, it's very odd, I'm sure. It may seem like it was too soon, but soon, Wumain Lusty interrupted. Oh, darling, not soon enough, I think you mean. I would have jumped right into his arms at the first encounter with him if he would have shown me even the slightest bit of interest. <laughs> but he hasn't. Lydie laughed and swatted her fan against Wumain's arm. Catherine was hesitant to laugh at first, but began to do so as Wumain joined in. They laughed for about a few seconds, but Lydie continued. Her laugh, which started as a chuckle, then turned into a rather louder laugh as she threw her head back. Then this laugh turned into a cackle, and by now the two had stopped laughing. Catherine darted her eyes around, while Wumain looked at Lydie in both bewilderment and amusement. Lydie he then started making this horrible, inhumane hollering and had tears rolling down on her face on both cheeks, taking off the first three layers of white powder makeup she was wearing. Everyone's eyes were on them now. Catherine could sense it. 
Dracul stopped mid-conversation as he heard snorting coming from nearly across the ballroom. Using his super cool, high-powered, technological sense of smelling, he knew that Catherine was in the same area that this howling was coming from. The peeps were surprised when all they saw was Dracul walking towards the origin of this laughter, which had now become three different laughters mixed together. Upon arrival, the three girls froze when they saw Dracul's cold gaze, and an awkward sensation thingy filled the air. Now, Lady was hysterical at this point. Oh, oh look, woman, all you had to do to attract the man was release a guttural noise. The three then began to laugh even more, and at this point, they all had tears in their eyes. Dracul moved forward quickly and seized Catherine by her arm. As he began to remove her from the situation, the giggly Catherine waved goodbye to the two women, who were, sooner than later, no longer in sight. The people attending the ball resumed their fake book conversations. Catherine was still finishing up her laughing attack when they had arrived at a table in the back of the ball. Dracul turned to her and spoke sternly and very accusatory. What do you think you're doing? The giggly Catherine responded. What do you mean? I'm just having a laugh with those new friends of mine, is all. Catherine's carefree nature angered Dracul even more. Is that really all? Or are you trying to catch attention that you think you want? Or are you wanting to embarrass me? Or are you not thinking at all? Now this definitely made the laughter in Catherine stop. <laughs> Excuse you? Can't I have a little fun? Not if it means that my reputation is on the line. You came here with me, and I never act out of line, which means you must do the same. Oh no, girl. Ooh, Dracul just interrupted her. She which is Catherine, obviously, took a step back, now angry with him. Well, if this is the way you act, then you don't have much of a reputation then, do you? Don't expect me to fall into the shadow of man I have no interest in following. And with that, Catherine quickly turned and walked hurriedly away from Dracul. Her cheeks were flushed with anger, and all she knew was that she wanted to be far away from him in that moment. Up until Catherine had the last word, Dracul's, um, I guess blood, maybe, was boiling with shame and embarrassment. He couldn't believe that Catherine would be one to cause such a ruckus, which is also, you know, just kind of enjoying herself, um, so chill, but whatever. However, the moment she spoke up to him and walked away, the boiling came to a simmer, and his brows weren't as furrowed. What a woman. No one had ever had the nerve to stand up before. No man, child, beast, anyone. Really? Well, not for a long time anyways. Now this was a true challenge. A true, strong woman. Catherine decided to stand near a large window, looking out of it and up into the stars. It had been a hot minute since the confrontation she had with Dracul. She sighed to herself when a man approached her from behind. Another mysterious man in Catherine's life! Now that was quite the confrontation now, wasn't it? Catherine responded without thinking. I'll say. 
Catherine then realized she had no idea whose voice this was and turned to meet the stranger. Confused, she asked who he was. Oh, of course. My apologies, miss. Allow me to introduce myself. Formally. The man had a devious smile. My name is Sartrum. This man who had introduced himself had these piercing, glowing green eyes. Kind of like a neon green, except they don't actually glow. Uh, well, at least not in the light. They just appear that way. Suddenly, these two men near Catherine and Sartrum began talking ridiculously loud. It was completely unnecessary. I mean, what are they? An advertisement or something? Oh, your personality is so bubbly. It reminds me of my own cousin Gabby's birthday, which is on September 21st, and makes me feel like I'm happily there in her company. What's that, Edgar? <laughs> Are you asking me how I get so bubbly and happy and everyone likes me and is enjoying my amazing smile and personality as though I'm the radiant sun and they are all the planets in the galaxy? Yes, yes, Berthemore, do tell. I'm wildly curious. Well, you see, now it is actually my drink I have here with me in my own hand that I carry. What's the name? The name of this fine, tasty, scrum tum drink is Kawaka Cola. It is a special ingredient, a secret, a secret special ingredient within it that helps me get so amazing. Wow, 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 isn't that spectacular? Just like you when you drink that fine drink of liquid. <laughs> now, remember, you cannot drink this if you are allergic to bees, beetles, wheat, milk, cows, juice, air, or if you are pregnant with a baby or any other being, have great teeth, and are not addicted to drugs of any kind, if you like dogs, if you love dogs, or if you are a dog. So, if you hate yourself, come on down and get your brand new and improved, just like you will be if you drink this Drinkity drink, Kawaka Kole today. Sartrum, what a peculiar name. I'm Catherine. Are you a local? She asked this, though knowing that he most likely isn't due to his strange accent. Oh goodness, no, no, no! What a sad life that would be if I were a local. Catherine looks at him quizzically, wondering why he would say that. Based on your question, I'm guessing your lover hasn't mentioned me at all to you. Is this true? Uh, lover? Who, Dracul? Oh no, 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 he's not even close to being my lover. She then began to think back on how he shied away from kissing her twice now. He has no feelings for me. Upon hearing this, Sartrum's pupils began to dilate even more and fixated on Catherine. His heart jumped and he stepped forward hastily towards her like a kid would upon seeing a jar of candy. Catherine was quite surprised by this sudden burst of energy and quickly stepped backwards away from him and well because I mean I think everyone would move away from that anyways. Eventually bumping into the wall with the window she had been looking out of earlier. Sarchum wasted no time and closed in on her, bending down so that his face was merely a foot away from hers. 
Now at this point, Sartrum was excited. Is that so? My, what a head-turner you are! I can't believe a gorgeous young lady such as yourself is taken... or not taken, now that I've come to know, by some suitor, old or young. How lucky I feel right now. So tell me, do you like the color green? Do you like my eyes? Cause they're green. Do you like them? I like your eyes. They're blue. I can love blue. Can you love green? Catherine was very uncomfortable with the lack of space and felt overwhelmed by Sartum's many comments and random questions. She had no idea this man even existed two minutes ago and all of a sudden he is all up in her face, basically in modern day language, asking for her number. This is like the first ball mentioned in this story all over again. Sartrum was about to take Catherine's hand into his own, but she smacked it away. She saw a flare appear in his eyes, only it scared her because it wasn't an angry flare, but more of an amused one. Before she could flee the area, she felt a sudden gust of wind. This gust of wind smells like Dracul's cologne, Catherine thought to herself. She was confused about where it came from, but Sartrum looked highly upset as he sighed quite audibly. She then looked up and saw that Dracul was now standing between Sartrum and herself. He got there so fast and she knew not how. Dracul's right arm was bent in front of him, pushing Sartrum away to create more distance. His left arm was behind him, holding Catherine close to him. Stay away from her, Sartrum. You have no business here. Dracul spoke menacingly towards him. Sartrum raised his hand and held it against his chest, feigning sadness. Wow, it's like that? No, hello, Sartrum, or anything? Now that hurts my feelings, Drac. Okay, so it was very clear at this point to Catherine that the two know each other, but she is completely lost to us why they are so hostile towards one another. Well, Dracul is the one who's more hostile towards Sartrum. That much was clear since Sartrum was acting as though the two of them have a great history of fun and laughter and happiness and smiles. Dracul spoke once more. Your company is not welcome here, or anywhere, that we are. Sartrum then began to wave to some women a few feet away who were giving him an inviting look. Well, the ladies over there beg to differ. However, as charming as they may be, I'm not here for them. I'm here for you, since usually I would say there's no one as oh so stunning as you, Dracul. But I do say, he glanced over at Catherine, you have quite the competition. Dracul's eyes flared, she is mine. The moment he says this, Dracul steps forward and seemingly towers over Sartrum, whose gaze was unwavering while looking into one another's eyes. Strangely, Dracul looked a bit taller than he usually does and his figure even more rigid than usual, if that was even possible. I don't know about all y'all, but I sure do send some deep fried tension in this air <laughs> to the point where I can hear it sizzle even. <clears throat> A strange aura filled the air. 
a dark, menacing aura. Sarchum laughed to himself after Dracul's statement. Covering his mouth with his right hand, he somewhat gained his composure and ran his other hand through his hair and fixed the collar to the royal blue tuxedo he was wearing. <laughs> oh my, you are quite the comedian, old friend. You and I, and Catherine, of course, all know that the two of you aren't even a couple of any sort. Well, maybe a couple of lonely bodies living under one roof. A very lonely roof, might I add. It's quite evident that you have no romantic feelings for her. He lifted his hand to his chest once more. And it really is a shame, you know, for she is quite the beauty. To let her poor heart suffer in loneliness is a sin, Dracul. He looks at Catherine with pitiful eyes, but then looks back to Dracul with a smile that formed on his face. I can help her with that. Sartram's eyes started to shimmer. No, you cannot. Even if you tried, you will always come out defeated and scathed. You always have, and you always will. Dracul grasped Catherine's arm tighter with the hand in back of him to the point where she lets out a small noise of sheer surprise. Sartram shrugged. I don't see why you even care, Drak, because you don't. You never do with humans. But I know when I'm not wanted. I'll be back soon. As he started to walk away from Dracul, he turned to look at Catherine and smiled. Very soon. And with that, Sartram winks at Catherine, his eyes glistening. Catherine starts to feel strange and almost captivated by this green light, but when she blinks, it's gone, and so is he. Looking down, she touches Dracul's hand in hopes that he will release the tightness of his grip, but it amounts to no avail. He turns quickly to look at Catherine. For a moment, she thinks she sees red in his eyes, but again, when she blinks, his eyes return to his natural color. Dracul can feel his blood boiling, but upon seeing Catherine's frightened look, he realizes she was not the cause of this. Sartram acted upon his own feelings, and she was merely the victim. He loosens his grip and instead holds her hand. He quietly apologizes to her and tells him it's not her fault. Her voice was frail and delicate. Dracul then led her out of the ballroom and into their coach that was waiting for them outside. When leaving, Catherine couldn't bring herself to look up at Wumain Lausti, nor Lady Alwulf. She was too embarrassed and confused in how sudden everything was. The ride back to the castle was quiet. Dracul was thinking about how he had looked at Catherine's frightened face. He had felt a pulling sensation in his chest. It was very strange to him because he's definitely seen that look, and worse, from his victims because he's, you know, a vampire? He's not used to empathizing with his prey, but Catherine was not his prey. She was different. Upon arrival, the only words exchanged between the two were, thank you, which was in Dracul opened the door for Catherine, and good night. 
Catherine went off up into her room. She changed slowly into her nightgown. Saddened that Dracul didn't comfort her for the scary situation she was in, and he didn't inform her on who this man, Sartram, is. She breathed out heavily through her nose, went to the restroom, and returned to her bed. She then began having a hard time falling asleep and decided she'd best spend her time by the window in her bedroom. She opened it and sat down to enjoy the cool night air. A soft knock came from her opened door. Why was it open, you ask? Cause low-key she was hoping that Akul would come in at some point. I was hoping he would too, honestly. Got me biting my nails over here in suspense y todo. Pero anyways... Her thoughts were interrupted by this, and she turned to see Dracul standing by her doorway. He had changed out of his formal wear and into more casual, relaxed clothes. His hair was a bit messier than usual, and he had a concerned expression in his eyes, but wore a sad, small smile. Oh, good evening, Dracul. Is there something you need? Catherine questioned. Uh, n no. Um, I was just making sure you were okay. Dracul was very awkward. Catherine was a bit disappointed. Oh yes, um, I'm, I'm quite alright. Or at least I will be. Dracul nodded and turned to leave, but stopped and turned back. Actually, I was... Having trouble sleeping. I want to talk with you. Is it alright if I come in? Now, of course, he didn't need to ask for permission to enter the room because that was still a part of his castle. He could have just entered but decided it would be better to ask for her permission so she felt like she still had control in her life. And also because it's respectful and important to always get consent before entering someone's space, you know? Catherine gave him permission to enter her room, and so he did. He walked over to her, bent over, held both of her hands in his, and led her over to the bed where they both sat down. <clears throat> Forgive me if I'm a bit awkward. I usually don't do this often. Well, at all. I'd like to start off with apologizing. I'm sorry that I had gotten upset with you tonight. I'm also sorry you had to <sighs> encounter Sartram. I was hoping we could have avoided running into him, at least for a longer period of time than this. He thought back on Catherine's initial expression upon seeing the blue gown. It was supposed to be a fun night. Catherine felt bad, but then cleared her throat, determined to find out more about Sartram. Who is he? And why do the two of you act so hostile towards one another? I mean, he is quite the character to say the least, but I feel like there's more to it. Dracul hesitated, wondering how he could tell her the gist of why they didn't get along without revealing too much that she isn't supposed to know. But since he's not telling her, that means I don't know. Therefore, I can't say anything because of that. <laughs> Basically, he told her that Sartram had wronged Dracul before, even when he'd given a second chance. 
Sarcham is reckless, irresponsible, and cares only for himself, in Dracul's words. He just does not get along with Sartram and would rather keep his distance than have any further confrontation with him. However, what Dracul didn't tell Catherine was that he actually hadn't seen Sartram in many, 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 many years prior to the first night he met her. It was strange and he knew it meant nothing good can come of it. Catherine nodded her head in understanding, but she still felt just as lost since she didn't get too much insight on what happened in Dracul's past when he would encounter Sarchum. It was quiet for a moment before Catherine then yawned to herself, figuring that would be the only thing Dracul would say about earlier. Alright Dracul, it is getting quite late and I haven't had a wink of sleep so far due to all the excitement of one night. Thank you for at least trying to make this night a fun one. I'm going to rest now and suggest you do the same. She was about to get up from her bed to walk Dracul out. Dracul spoke quickly. Wait. Catherine was taken aback by this sense of urgency. There is one more thing I must apologize for. I must apologize for not doing this any sooner. Before Catherine could think her response, Dracul moved his arms around her body, holding her close, and quickly but gently pressed his lips onto Catherine's, closing his eyes. She stood there, stunned for a moment. Is this real? Could this be happening? She couldn't believe it. Well, believe it, girl, cause it be happening. She closed her eyes, letting her other senses take control. His aroma once again embraced her nose. His lips were like a soft pillow. Not like the brand new ones, cause those are hard, but like not like the old ones, cause those don't even work. They're not even cushioned at that point. And she moved her hands, placing them on both sides of his face. She's so delicate, Dracul thought. Now, when I say Dracul is taller than the average man, I mean, he's like, pretty tall. And Catherine is of average height for the women at that time, so there's quite a big height difference and body build as well. Anyways, their bodies melted into each other's like they were dancing once again, except Catherine's heart was the one that was dancing. Cause you know, vampire stuff. They slowly pulled apart from one another, looked into each other's eyes, and Catherine smiled at Dracul, causing him to smile back at her. They resumed their kissing, which was getting more passionate by the minute, until their mouths were exhausted. Dracul had to be careful. Too much excitement would cause a transformation in him. THE transformation. You know the vampire one. They lay there on the bed, cuddled with one another. Catherine fell asleep rather quickly, feeling a whole lot better than earlier, and Dracul feigned being asleep until he knew Catherine was out. He gazed at her while she slept, wiping the hair away from her face. What was so special about her? Why did she look so familiar? Why is she so irresistible. Oh, Dracul, oh my goodness. <laughs> These were all questions Dracul continued to wonder about. Not too long after, he got out from underneath her, 
changed the flowers in her vase, and left rose petals around her bed to give her something to smile about in the morning when he was gone. He closed the door and he was off. He was gone for quite a while, but before the break of dawn, he had returned with slightly red eyes, rosier cheeks, and a rosier nose than before. Thank you for listening to episode 6 of Dracul. When Catherine wakes up, will she regret kissing Dracul? Will Dracul end up telling Catherine who he really is? Stay tuned for future episodes by subscribing to this podcast on the platform you're listening to it on. All narration, writing, and music composed by Priscilla Ibarra. Shout out to my cousin Gabby, I hope you know, and you heard that I threw your birthday in there, girl. Great shout out to you. Okay, bye now. <laughs> <laughs>